Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. As we continue our series of podcasts called The Deep End, we want to take another glance at this past Sunday's sermon from Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. The title of that is The Parable of the Ten Virgins, and Jesus told a story to us about what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. And so the story that he's telling to us is not a story that actually happened, but it's a story that's going to happen. And really, it's not to be taken literally. It's a metaphor of what the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is going to be experienced like at the end. And so in this story, what we have is we have ten virgins. And the virgins symbolize someone who professes to follow Jesus Christ because the word virgin would be somebody who is pure and chaste and innocent. And those terms can be reflective of people who follow Jesus Christ purely by his grace and salvation. And so these 10 virgins in the story are all waiting for the bridegroom to come back. And the bridegroom symbolizes the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we know, Jesus Christ is going to come back to this earth and he's going to gather those who belong to him and take him, take them with him to the kingdom of heaven. And so these 10 virgins are all waiting for that to happen. At least they claim to be waiting for that to happen. But in the story, something sad occurs. Half of the virgins, five of them, don't have any oil for their lamps. So they all have lamps, they all possess lamps, but five of them don't have any oil. And as we mentioned back in the day, oil was pretty important if you wanted to actually light your lamp because there were no batteries, there was no power like we have today. So oil was pretty crucial. And half of them don't have any oil. Now the other half, the wise virgins, have brought flasks of oil for their lamps. And they're waiting along with the other five, the foolish five, for the bridegroom. And what happens is the bridegroom sort of delays his coming and all ten virgins fall asleep. And when the bridegroom eventually comes, there's a shout and says, Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. And all the virgins wake up. And the ones who have oil light their lamps and make their way to the bridegroom. Because he came at midnight. He came at night. And having a light and having oil for that light was crucial. So the wise virgins who have the oil are able to make it to the bridegroom. But sadly, the other five are foolish virgins and they don't have any oil for their lamp. They never thought to get oil. So they're scrambling on what to do now that the bridegroom has come. And so they ask the wise virgins, can we have some of your oil? And the wise virgins are like, no, we can't share this. We don't have enough for you and them. So why don't you go and try to get your own oil? And what happens is while the five foolish virgins are trying to get oil, the bridegroom comes and leaves. And he takes the wise virgins in with him and he shuts the door behind him. And once the foolish virgins realize what happened, they go up to the door and sort of demand and beg that the Lord Jesus open for them because they don't want to be on the outside. But Jesus says this sort of haunting phrase to them. He says, truly I say to you, I do not know you. And and then he tells all of us in verse 13, watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour. And this whole parable, this whole story is about being prepared to meet Jesus. Being prepared to meet Jesus when he comes back. And that's really what we want to glance at for a couple of moments here is preparing to meet Jesus as if we love Jesus. Because that's really what's going on in this tale. All ten virgins claim to love Jesus. They claim they're waiting for Jesus. But five of them don't have any oil. And that's the shocking question that I pull out of this that I want to take a sort of deeper look at is how did they not have any oil? How did five virgins who claimed to be following Christ, who had lamps, not have any oil? As we talked about on Sunday, I believe oil is representing true faith in Christ that comes from God's grace. Five of them had the oil. 
Five of them evidenced that oil in their lives by faith, love, and devotion to Jesus. And when they met the bridegroom, the bridegroom recognized them and vice versa, and he brought them into the kingdom of heaven. But the other five didn't have the oil. They didn't have faith. They didn't have love. They didn't have devotion. And so Jesus doesn't recognize who they are. But again, the question remains is how is the definition or maybe the job title of these Christians to be waiting for the bridegroom and five of them don't have any oil? I don't know if you are people who like to plan ahead of times for things. I'm not a person that is very spontaneous. I like to plan for things and and get a schedule on things. And there's three events in our life, at least three events in our life, that we sort of have to do that with. We have to plan wisely. The first time is if you're ever going to a a vacation, if you're going to take a long vacation. You can't just willy-nilly just gather a few things in a couple moments and go on a two-week vacation. No, that takes planning. It takes planning on where to go. It takes planning on the travel arrangements. It takes planning with the money. It takes planning on what you're going to do and where you're going to stay. It takes a lot of planning. So generally when we're planning for a long vacation, we we plan for weeks in advance and we look forward to it. We make sure that everything is in order and all the travel arrangements are going to work out and we have the right money and we know where we're going to stay and we're checking the weather, things like that. So we plan for weeks in advance for a vacation that can last two weeks. I don't know if you're like this for Christmas, but generally Christmas season kind of starts as soon as Thanksgiving is over. For a lot of people, it starts even sooner than that. But generally speaking, kind of Thanksgiving and Black Friday kind of mark the begin of the Christmas season. And that's when most people sort of get their bearings for Christmas. They start shopping. They start planning for Christmas and travel arrangements if people are coming in or if they're going to travel out of town. And so that all kind of begins at that last part of November. And again, maybe for some people, they start it way before that. But most people are planning at least by the end of November. That gives us a full month to plan for Christmas, to start buying gifts, to, again, make travel arrangements, to get all the food and get the house ready the way we want it to. Because Christmas is coming, and we know that's a big day, and we want to celebrate it the right way. So everybody scurries about for a month, try to get ready for Christmas. And my children right now, even though we're nowhere near Christmas, it's still late August, have already started the Christmas countdown. Um, They're asking us every day, hey, Dad, how many days till Christmas? And I'm like, I don't know, 120-some. And they're starting to tell us what they want for Christmas and implant those seeds in our mind because, you know, kids think about Christmas a lot. It's a day they look forward to. I don't know if you've been married and went through an engagement process, but uh, I wondered what is the average amount of time that people are engaged for? My wife and I were engaged for nine months, and that felt like an eternity. And so I decided to look up online how long is the average engagement. And the, the answer might shock you. The average length for an engagement is 14 and a half months. Isn't that a long time? 14 and a half months. But as you consider it, maybe it's not because weddings are a big deal, aren't they? The wedding day is a big deal. The wedding day takes a lot of details and planning to get it together properly. Now for us, our wedding wasn't that big. We felt like we could have done it in a lot less time than nine months. But for some reason, people seem to think they need 14 and a half months to get a wedding planned. Because, again, there's the cake, there's the dress, there's the tux, there's the flowers, there's the pictures, there's the place we're going to have it, and where there's a place we're going to have the reception, and we got to get all these details and the travel arrangements. It just takes a lot of different planning. And so what we do is we, we look forward to it for a year or so so that we can get what we need to get in the time that we need to get it. So we know that we're people who like to plan. We're people that know what it is to plan for really big things. 
And going back to our story here, the question still remains and is still lingering in my mind. How could the five virgins who are foolish not have any oil? I mean, their whole job description is waiting for the bridegroom. They say they're Christians. They say Jesus loves them and they love Jesus. They're following Jesus. And the best day of their lives is going to be when Jesus comes back. Okay, if that's true, and a lot of us say that's true, why no oil? Where's your oil? And again, if oil is symbolizing faith in Christ, love towards Christ, devotion to Christ, why is that not in your possession? And the question we have to ask our own souls just to make sure is, are we preparing for Jesus as if we actually love Jesus? Or is somehow eternity with Jesus kind of like a retirement plan? It's maybe like a life insurance plan. It's there if we need it. You know, we could fall back on it if we come on troubling times or, you know, once our life, you know, starts to end, we can just go, oh, okay, glad we've got something in the bank. But that's not really what the scriptures speak about at all. The scriptures speak about that Christians, people who follow Christ, are constantly looking for the day when he will come back. They're constantly preparing for it. If we take several weeks to plan for a vacation, if we take over a month to plan for Christmas Day that comes every single year, and if we plan 14 and a half months for an earthly wedding, the question is how much more should we prepare for our eternal home with Jesus, for our eternal wedding ceremony with Jesus, to be with him forever? How much time do you think that should demand of us? And it's a rhetorical question. The answer is obviously a lot, a lot of time. And what's interesting in this passage too is that we're dealing with a lot of time here. In fact, in the passage, there's so much time in the perspective of those waiting, all 10 virgins fall asleep. They thought the bridegroom was going to come sooner than he did. So when he delayed and he lingered, everyone fell asleep. And that's how much time we're dealing with. There's a lot of time. So we're not talking about, hey, this was a pinch, this was a crunch, and we just didn't have oil, we didn't have time for oil. Nope, that's not the answer, because you definitely had enough time. Jesus delayed in coming, in your perspective, and you still have no oil. And I have to assume that because they don't have oil, they were using their time and their energy and their loves for other things. And that's probably the saddest part of the story, is that maybe they never loved Jesus. Because if they would have loved Jesus and they would have been convinced that they're going with him for the rest of eternity, oil's a no-brainer. Listen, I have a lamp, and if the bridegroom come back, comes back at night, I'm going to need oil for that lamp. i got to have oil. That's a no-brainer. Um, so i got to get oil. I'm going to plan to have oil. I'm going to prepare myself to have oil and a lamp when he comes, and five of them just don't. So what kind of things were op- occupying their time? What kind of things were they spending their lives on, spending their energy on, spending their worship on, spending their devotion on. It had to be something. And the question is, how could that many people who claim to be waiting for the bridegroom forget something as crucial as oil or crucial as faith, love, and devotion to Jesus? That's a question we have to ask of our souls today because we're all seeking to prepare right now as if we love Jesus. And we all should love Jesus based on what he's done for our soul and the price that he paid to redeem us from sin and death. I hopefully don't have to convince all of us today that we should love Jesus. No one is more worthy of our love and devotion. 
But the question still remains is how are we preparing right now? Are we preparing as if it's a rainy day fund, a contingency, a plan B, something at the end of our lives just in case our lives don't go the way we wanted to or just in case death sneaks up on us? Or are we looking to and anticipating and preparing for this day as if it's the most important day we could ever look forward to? So imagine, imagine all the energy and and focus we give to Christmas. Imagine if we took that energy and used it for the kingdom of God, not just the energy we have for Christmas, but tenfold. Because Christmas comes every year. Christmas is not a commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's something that represents his first advent, which is fine. But we are never commanded to observe Christmas in Scripture. But we are constantly commanded to be ready for Jesus' second coming. Because it's going to matter as soon as he comes back. It's going to matter for the rest of eternity. And none of us ever want to consider ourselves to be outside of the kingdom of God when Jesus shuts the door. And for him to look at us and go, who are you? I don't recognize you. I don't know who you are. Where's your faith? Where's your love? Where's your devotion? Where's your practical obedience? I don't see it. You're mine? You were waiting for me? Then where's your oil? How is it that you have no oil? And in the passage, he calls them foolish virgins. And I have to assume that they're not really virgins at all. They didn't really love Jesus. They didn't really trust in Jesus. They didn't really believe in what he said about himself. They didn't really give their lives to him. And now there they are at the last day, sort of dumbfounded that they don't get to go in with him. Although they didn't bring oil. They didn't plan for the most important day of all of eternity. By getting oil, by getting a really profound thing for meeting the bridegroom, they neglected to get it. And now they're all dumbfounded that Jesus is saying, I don't know who you are. And for those of us who do love Jesus, those of us who are preparing and waiting for that day, what should we be spending our time on? What should we be using this precious time on earth for? The answer is quite simple according to the parable. Prepare to meet Jesus. Whatever is going to make Jesus happy is our goal, is our job description. That's what we're here for. We're the bride as the church. He's the bridegroom. And we are in the position to say, listen, my job right now is to prepare myself to meet the bridegroom so that he has a wife, a bride who is presentable and deserving of. And I'm going to be that person. Yes, I'm not going to I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to need forgiveness. I'm going to need the cross, of course. But I am going to use the power and the grace and the tools he's given to me to prepare myself to meet him on the last day. How could I not? I love him. How could I think of anything greater? This is for all of eternity. This is for my Lord Jesus. I think about him all the time. I love him. He loves me. I have a covenant relationship with him. How could I not have oil? How could I not love and be devoted to my Lord Jesus? And for those of us who love Jesus, truly, that is what has to drive our every thought and action. That is the deep end today. To not just go, oh, yeah, 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 I believed. Yeah, no, yeah, I made a decision to follow Jesus Christ when I was little. And yeah, yeah, I got that in the bank. No, that's not what this passage is talking about. This passage is talking about practical preparation, just like we give to things on the earth that really don't matter that much. Jesus says, listen, this matters a whole lot. In fact, it'll blow your mind how much it matters when you actually consider eternity. And you look at your life and go, wait a minute, what am I doing with my life? These things on earth aren't that important. 
What I need to be doing is preparing myself to meet Jesus, my bridegroom, forever. And we have a passage here for 50% of the people who claim to be following Jesus aren't prepared. And they had a lot of time to get prepared. They had a lot of opportunity to go get oil. And now that time is up, they're trying to scramble and get oil. And that's, that's the saddest part of the story, saying, why did you love Jesus enough to think of the oil beforehand? Why did you love your soul enough to think of the oil beforehand? And are we preparing today like those who actually love Jesus? Or are we just claiming to follow this Jesus so we can look religious or we can feel good and our conscience can settle a little bit? Or are we actually anticipating and looking forward to when Jesus will descend from heaven once again and he will gather his people up with him for all of eternity and everything that is on the earth at that moment will be destroyed. And if we are still there on the earth, if we are still citizens of earth and we don't have the oil and we haven't prepared ourselves to meet Jesus, Jesus is going to assume we belong to the world and we're citizens of earth. And that's a bad thing because he's come to judge the world at that second coming. And those who are with him, those who loved him and were devoted to him and obeyed him are his people. And he will gather those people and bring them into the kingdom of God. And the question needs to be asked to our own soul today is how are we preparing or are we preparing to meet Jesus as if we love him? Because that's the only question that should matter today. And look at those earthly illustrations that we mentioned. Are we more prepared for Christmas already? Are we more prepared for that vacation we're going to take? Are we more prepared for a wedding on the earth or anything on earth than we are to meet our Lord Jesus Christ for the rest of eternity Boy, that's a powerful question. That's a question that I have to even explore in my own heart and soul, and I plan to. But I ask that you do that with me. Search your soul, search your heart, search your mind, search your actions. Do an inventory and say, am I preparing to meet my Lord Jesus right now as if I actually love him? And if not, why not? What's the problem? Do I not really believe? Do I not really love? Do I think the world is really that important? And for the first time, maybe ever or maybe in a long time, let's calibrate our minds to eternity. Let's calibrate our minds to the love of Jesus. Let's calibrate our minds to God's will and what matters for the rest of eternity. And I hope that would encourage you today to be ready to prepare while you still have time to do so. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.